Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and uh, my name is Chris Pollard, and I am the youth pastor here at Crossroads, and uh, I am extremely excited today. It's an honor and privilege to uh, stand before you and, and minister God's Word today. So if this is your first time here, uh, that's who I am, and I am surrounded by such a wonderful woman of God and a, my best friend, my wife, Kristen. Um, we have five children, and I said this in the first service. People say, you know, you must really love kids. I say, I really love my wife. So uh, it's pretty <laughs> evident, right? So anyways, um, we just had our uh, newest uh, child, uh, Stella Claire, and uh, she's just, um, man, just a ball of fun. And I do, if you ask me, I will tell you, I get plenty of sleep at night. So uh, anyways, but uh, I love my family and, and love the Lord and, and love this church, uh, love the youth, love being with the youth there. I mean, it's just a, a fantastic thing what God is wanting to do for the next generation. I mean, they are the church, the next generation, man. So we just keep pouring. So I asked my daughter, I said, uh, went and picked her up at church camp, and I said, so what was the greatest thing that you learned? And here I am, a dad waiting for like a spiritual response. Guess what she said? Swimming, dad. And I'm like, swimming? I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm just like, tell me something else, you know? So she started telling me all about it. But her first response was, was swimming. She really liked the swimming, but uh, she must have got a heavy rev on that one. But uh, anyways, God bless her. Um, so anyways, we're going to get right into the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. We're going to start right there this morning. Yeah. Woo. And we're going to go right into Luke chapter 18. So if you want to put a thumb in that one as well, uh, mark that one there. And uh, so... As I was just praying about, when Pastor asked me to speak several weeks ago, I just uh, began to think about some things that just didn't measure up in my life, and uh, I just asking God for, and believing God for, and wanting God to do, and and um, just um, God began to speak to me that sometimes things in life just doesn't measure up. How many's ever been there? How many's just right now? Maybe just can say right now that you're facing some things right now in your life that just does not measure up. Okay, and uh, but I want to bring some um, just some. Uh, some clarity to that this morning, and I believe God's going to challenge you this morning. I believe he's going to challenge me. He's been challenging me through this word and through this process, and I believe that he's going to challenge you this morning uh, to believe him more and trust him more, as we've already heard, and um, he wants to do some great things in your life. He loves his children this morning. So um, anyways, I look for uh, Pastor Scripture as well. You know, Pastor Chad, he, you know, all the sermons out there and everything, I mean, he just kind of murders everything that he goes through. So come on, I mean, I mean, every past of scripture, there's nothing left to it. I mean, it's already been through, he just murders it. So uh, anyways, um, but we're going to go in 1 Samuel. So I don't think he's ever preached that I've ever heard, ever preached on 1 Samuel, um, pre preached on, uh, spoke on Hannah. And um, so we're going to talk about Hannah this morning. We're going to talk about the persistent widow. And we're just going to talk about persistence being a key value to our life this morning. That's what we want to apply. We want to apply persistence to our, our life. Because I believe this, this is what the Lord spoke to me. I said, um, he said, Chris, he said, um, persistence is the key to unlocking God's promises. And I thought, man, how real is that? How true is that? And he said that, you, that the key is the authority to unlock the promises of God. How many wants the promises of God in your life? Amen. All right, you got the key, all right? The per persistence is that key. You got to keep going after something, all right? You can't just say, you know, how many people said, hey, I'm just praying and, and I'm just waiting on the Lord. And that's fine to wait on the Lord, but sometimes you have to go for that thing that you're believing for and that thing that you're wanting to see in your life. So we're going to get to it this morning in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 1, verse 12. And we're just going to start there in the 12th verse. And the Bible says, and it happened. Everybody say, and it happened. Yeah. Now look at your neighbor this morning and tell them it's going to happen. 
come on, just declare that over the life because it is going to happen. Some things are going to happen in their life today. Amen. It says in verse 12, it said, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. That was a wrong mistake. He watched her mouth. Never watched a person's mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her, heart, her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. How many has ever had a sorrowful spirit? How many's ever just felt sorrowful in your spirit? You felt grieved, you felt uh, miserable, you felt discouraged, you felt disappointed in these things. I mean, that's just a natural response. I mean, I've felt them in my life. I've went through seasons. I just come out of a season just feeling a little bit, little bit of this sluggish stuff. And uh, so it says, I have drunk neither wine nor drink. This is what she says. But I have poured out my soul to the Lord. Now, how sometimes, what, 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 uh, how awesome is it to be able to pour out your soul in the time of grief? How great is it, Mona, to be able to pour out your soul in the time when you have a sorrowful spirit? Can you think, can you, can you only see the value in that? Can you see the value of that, of pouring out your soul whenever you really don't feel like it? You know, David said in Psalms 103, bless the Lord. He was telling his soul. He says, soul, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I don't care what my emotions say. I don't care what people says, but bless the Lord. And he was speaking to his emotions. Sometimes we have to speak to our emotions and we have to tell our emotions, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So he was saying there that, that Hannah poured out uh, her soul before the Lord. And it says, do not consider, this is what she said, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief. So she had grief in her life. I have spoken until now. Then the Eli answered and said, go in peace. Shalom. The God of Israel grant you your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor. You know what? Hannah's name means favor or grace in, in Hebrew. That's what it means. So he goes on there. He, she says, let, me, let your maidservant or woman find favor so that the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. In other words, her face was sad. Anybody in here sad this morning? Anybody ever felt sad in your life? Yeah. So what we have here, just a little backdrop about what is happening here. We have um, this Elkanah, which is, um, he has two wives, and the first wife is Hannah, and Hannah has no children, all right? Then we have Peninnah, which is the other wife, and she has children. So basically what happened is, just an overview again, is, is that the Lord had actually shut up or closed up the womb of Hannah, and that's why she didn't have any children. But I want to declare this morning to somebody in here this morning that felt like that that season that you're wanting things to be open, just because it ain't open right now doesn't mean that God's not going to open it up in another season, all right? I believe God is telling you this morning, he wants to speak to you and tell you that just because something may be closed up, just because a job opportunity, just because an opportunity ain't available right now doesn't mean that it's not going to open up in the season, all right? So I believe that's what God wanted me to tell you first this morning. But we see how, how God just closed up the womb this morning in Hannah. And at that time, and, and her rival, which was Peninnah, would provoke her. There was so much, she, was, she had a rivalry. You ever felt like you just had a rivalry? The adversary is constantly just, we're just struggling, man. We're just going through this life. You know, Christianity, it's, it's just like a roller coaster. I began to think about this. Yesterday, uh, my daughter played in a softball tournament. They're actually still there today, but it was in Santa Claus, Indiana. Anybody ever been to Santa Claus, Indiana? All right. So we're there, and we're on the backside of all the roller coasters. I need to begin to think about how Christianity is like a roller coaster. They both, re they both require us to get locked in, all right? Once you get locked in to that, all right, 
then guess what? There's going to be some ups and downs, all right? There's going to be some twists and turns. There's going to be some loops that you may have to go through in your life. But God says to focus on my goodness and my faithfulness if you want to see my promises. But you got to have confidence in me if you want to see those things come to pass. So the first thing that I want to uh, talk to from this passage here is that persistence creates an opportunity. That's what I want to talk about this morning, about persistence, because I believe persistence creates an opportunity. What is persistence? All right, what is persistence? Let's look at the definition of what Webster's Dictionary defines uh, persistence as. Persistence is something that is continuing to do something or trying to do something even though it is difficult or opposed by others. You ever felt like whenever you're trying to do something that you're just being opposed you ever felt like that your back's up against the wall and sometimes you feel like you're down and out? You feel like that things just don't measure up to what you're expecting because you're expecting something greater and you're looking at something more, but God just hasn't showed up yet in your situation. But sometimes I got my handy dandy little, you know, the right here. Yeah, I didn't forget that sermon. <laughs> I use that every day. No, I'll just... <laughs> but anyway, sometimes what we're expecting and what we're believing God for. I mean, sometimes, I mean, because as children of God and sons and daughters, we want the best, man. We want, we want it all. We got to be, we want to be aggressive in that. So we're believing for the greatest. I mean, we're believing just like for 30 years, believing for that parking lot and then bam, God shows up and does it. All right. How many prayers went up for that parking lot? How many expectations do we have for that parking lot? People that were way gone before us, but sometimes God's, our expectations are up here, but sometimes God's only just barely even measuring. Sometimes he's not showed up yet. Sometimes it feels like that God's only right here, but we have this great expectation. So my, what God began to challenge me with is he began to say, sometimes you have to, from the point where God, you feel like God is, you have to have that persistence to where you're going because persistence creates a place for opportunity. Opportunity becomes available whenever you persist in your life. Even though it's difficult and even though it's a struggle, you have to keep persisting. That job that you're sitting in this morning that you really don't like and every time you sit in that chair you say, ah, oh, I hate this job. I hate this. I wish I had another job. Just keep persisting. Keep doing what you know is best to do. Keep doing what God has got you called to do there because God has great things in store for you in that season, in that place. But it doesn't mean that God's not gonna take you to another position or something else because what it means is, is maybe it's just not the right timing just yet and maybe things are closed up right now but some things are gonna open. I'm gonna declare this morning over our house that some things are gonna be open before the end of this sermon today, amen? I'm gonna declare that some people are gonna believe that just because it's closed up right now doesn't mean that God's not gonna open it into another season. Come on, somebody. That's good. Yes, so Hannah's emotional state, man, she had a closed up womb, she, her rivalry was being provoked. I mean, she was being so provoked by her rivalry. She was bitterness in soul. I mean, you, she became bitter. I've been there. How many's ever been bitter, man? I mean, just really, do you know any bitter people? Don't be pointing fingers out here this morning, amen. But I'm just telling you that sometimes things can just get so bitter 
And you can just go through all kinds of emotional states, discouraged. She wept in anguish. This was Hannah. She wept in, and you know what? The whole time she had the favor of God on her life, just because you're going through what you're going through this morning doesn't mean the favor of God is not on your life. And the enemy will try to get you to believe that God's favor is not upon you. But I'm coming today to tell you that God's favor and his grace is upon your life. Amen? Come on, somebody believe with me this morning that God's grace and his favor is upon you. It's upon you. If you're his children and you're son, his son and, and daughter, your, his favor and his grace is upon your life this morning. No matter what you're facing this morning, she was sad-faced. She felt forgotten. I mean, I can only imagine what she felt like. This other lady has kids. I don't have any kids. I feel forgotten. I feel forsaken. I feel forsaken. So let's look at eight, Luke chapter 18 real quick. I want to get to Luke chapter 18 because I believe that God wants to speak to you. God's word's powerful. I'm nothing this morning, but I'm everything that he says that I am this morning. And I just want to give you what he gives me because Luke chapter 18, there's some things that just doesn't measure up in life. There's some things that don't measure up. The Bible says in, in Luke chapter 18, it says in the first verse, it says, then he spoke a parable. A parable was basically an illustration. If you're here for the first time, you never heard a parable. A parable is an illustration. It's an example that God Jesus used many times in the Bible. It's used many times to show an illustration of something. And it says, then he spoke to a parable to them that men always ought to pray. How much does, should men pray? Men should always pray, all right? We should always pray. And I'm throwing women in there too. Just because it says men doesn't mean that women's exempt, but it says pray. We always ought to pray. And you know what God began to speak to me? He began to speak to me. He said, Chris, he said, you're pretty good at praying, but sometimes you have a tendency to lose heart between the thing that you're asking for and the thing that, you want to that you're going to receive. Sometimes from the time that I'm praying and asking from the time that I receive my results, sometimes I lose heart. And God began to show me that there was areas in my life that he was penetrating my heart and he was penetrating my life and saying that sometimes you lose heart. You're pretty good at praying. And you can put out those prayers. And man, you can call down heaven. But guess what? Sometimes you lose heart when things just don't measure up, right? So he says there in Luke chapter 18, the second, in the second or first verse, it says, do not lose heart. That word lose heart in the Greek, it simply means spiritless. It means wearied out and exhausted. Anybody here this morning, spiritless, wearied out or exhausted? I was going to say weird. There ain't no weird people in here. We're all great people. But he goes on there and he says, same, there was a certain in a, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard men, didn't respect men, in other words. And the Bible says, now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from, an, from my adversary. Now, the word widow simply means if you look at it in the metaphorical sense, you would say that, that the widow was a represent, representation of a city that was in lack of need, that was in need. So what about our surrounding cities right now that are crying out as widows, as crying out right now that's in, that's in a place of need right now, waiting for God to show up, man, just really pouring out their hearts and really just pouring out that their city needs a transformation. Man, I believe today that we're sitting right in the center, man, crossroads, I believe that we're sitting right in the center of America, right around this place. And I believe God is raising up people. He's raising up kingdom believers and he's raising up people with the mind of Christ to, to go out and facilitate his heart and bring forth and set and get these widows cities that are torn up to bring them to a place of justice to give them justice and avenge and he's going to use us 
to do that mighty thing. I'm just I'm good that God showed me there. But he goes on there and he says that uh, in the fourth verse, he says, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor man or regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Catch that word, troubles me. She began to trouble him. That's that word persistence because she kept going back, even though whenever it didn't look like it was going to happen and it looked like that she was down and out, it looked like that things weren't going to happen the way that she wanted them to happen, but she kept going back. And because she kept doing it and pouring out her heart, then he began to have a change of mind and a, th- a change of way of thinking to be able to bring justice and be able to bring, even though he didn't want to, he didn't respect men, he didn't regard men. But when God shows up on the scene, and he gets, we get into alignment with God's heart. Mighty things begin to happen. And you better believe today that whenever you get in alignment with God's will and you get in alignment and partner with him and his kingdom, mighty things will happen in your life. You better be ready for it. And don't expect it to be something, wow, I can't believe God did this. Begin to expect it. We have to be, we have got to be aggressive people. Amen. Not, I'm not talking about going out fighting people and all these things, but we have to be so aggressive in our spirit because I'm telling you today that the enemy is so, I'm not going to give him credit this morning for what he is, but I'm telling you that he's going out to steal, kill, and destroy, and God's coming to give life, and he wants to give life more abundant today in Jesus' name, and he wants people to live in prosperity, provision. He wants people to be set free from the things that they are bound with. And this woman, she was just in bad shape, but she kept going back. And the, the, man, the judge kept saying, because, because she troubles me. Becky, because she troubles me. Because she troubles me. You're not being a trouble. Don't quit bothering God. Don't quit bothering him with your prayers. Don't quit bothering him with your faith. You see, faith is what brings success. But persistence is the vehicle that we show up in. Let me say that again. Faith is what brings success because we're believing. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. But persistence, my friends, persistence is the vehicle that you're going to show up in. I'm going to show up in this situation in this vehicle of persistence. It may not look like it's going to happen. It may not look like things are coming together, but I am going to show up because I have the keys to the kingdom and I'm going somewhere. Yeah. So the Bible says there, and I want to point with this one here in the fifth verse, it says, yeah, because she, the widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. But then the Lord said, how many know that sometimes all you need is the word of the Lord? Yeah. That's it. Elijah, he had, all he had was the word of the Lord. And he was fed by ravens, right? I mean, all he had, and sometimes all you have is the word of God, and that's all you need this morning. All you need is to get a hold of the word of God. Amen. If you get a hold of the word of God, then his word will take you places that you never, ever thought that you could ever go. You never, ever thought that you could ever dream of because his word will take you and his word will wind around in avenues and he will go through detours that you never even seen coming and God will take you to a destination and he will say, bam, look where you came from. Bam, look what I did. And you will say, God, you're so good. Come on, somebody. Man is preaching up in here. Hallelujah. Persistence. Persistence is the key that unlocks God's promises, but persistence is what fuels God's favor. 
This is what I believe. This is what the Lord began to speak to me. He said, Chris, your persistence and how well you persist is what fuels my favor. Remember, Hannah had the favor of God on her life. Her name was favor. Her name was grace. But guess what? Persistence, and you'll see in a little while, persistence is what brought great results and great success. You got to persist, man. Kevin, you got to persist. You got to keep going, man. You got to keep pressing. You can't say, listen, it's not over. Two things that we carry along with us is one, when things don't measure up, the next thing is we're ready to throw in the towel. Man, we're not people that draw back. He murdered that thing. Remember when pastor preached on Hebrews 10, I think it was. But listen, we throw in the towel. And I'm telling somebody this morning that a towel, it ain't worth it this morning. Get that towel out of your hands and put that towel back on the shelf. Because God says he's got something good that's coming your way today, amen? He's coming to your house just like Zacchaeus. He's coming to your house today and he wants to set things in order. Don't throw away the towel. How many times have been in situations where you just wanted to throw it away? Man, I can, I can remember times in my life and seasons right before it just felt like the boom when God called me into ministry. I was ready. My wife will tell you, I was ready to give up. I just felt so... I felt so, I don't know, just a lot of different emotions, and I felt like throwing in the towel. I felt like running out of my marriage. I had a beautiful, beautiful daughter, and I just felt like it was, I'm just, I'm ready to quit, man. I'm just ready to quit, but I bought into so many lies. I bought into so much deception that the enemy brought my way. It wasn't the enemy. Sometimes our greatest opposition is what's between our ears this morning. Come on, if we can get a grip on what's between our ears, then we can get a grip on what God has for us in our life. Amen? That's what it is. But I was just ready to throw in the towel, ready to give it all, just say, it's it, everything that I've come for. But you know what God always reminds me? Every time that I begin to think that it's over and I need to throw in the towel, God reminds me there's nothing to go back to. He says that every bridge has been burnt. There ain't nothing to go back to, and you ain't going to cross over to the other side because that bridge ain't coming back up. That structure that you walked over here on is not going to be there whenever you go back. You're going to be standing, as I believe it was brother, uh, the brother gave this morning in the first service about the, the river, looking over the river, I believe, in that same perspective. So, persistence is what fuels God's favor. But persistence creates a place for opportunity and possibility in your life. You got to keep persisting. Persisting even whenever it's hurting, even whenever it's disappointing and discouraging. You got to keep persisting through. You got to keep pulling on that leash. You got to keep going forward. I always say that if you're going backwards, if the devil ain't messing, he's already got you. If you don't feel that in your life, he's already got you somewhere. You're already saying, you're already in a stagnant situation and you're just saying, hey, I'm just, I, I'm just here. That's all I am. But I'm telling you this morning, we've got to become aggressive in the spirit. We got to become aggressive in the inner man and we got to know that we can take territory. God's been dealing with me about taking territory and taking territory over my life. Just starting at my home and starting my life first, taking ter territory there before I can take over cities and other things that God is calling us for. But persistence creates opportunity for possibility. But persistence creates an opportunity for power to be released into your life. <sighs> persistence creates an opportunity for power to be released in your life. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4. Persistence. I know, God, it doesn't measure up. I know it doesn't. But I'm still persisting. I know that my womb may be closed, but God, I'm still persisting. I know that I may have a rivalry in my life, but I'm still persisting. I know that I may be miserable, but I'm still persisting. I'm still persisting. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. In other words, we do not lose heart. In other words, we're not spiritless and we're not wearied out and we're not exhausted. All right, we're not, that, we're not those people today. We're not those people. And I, I said in the first service, but I believe today was gonna be a day of times of refreshing. And I still believe today before this day's over that people are gonna be refreshed, refreshed in here. I believe that God's refreshing is gonna do some refueling in your life. And you're gonna go out of here better than you came in this morning. I'm believing this morning for some people in here that says it's all over and I've already made up my mind on my marriage. I've already made up my mind on my dream. I've already made up my mind on that job. I've already made up my mind on my career path. And God says, no, you haven't. It ain't over till it's over. I know it don't measure up. I know it don't look like it's going to happen. I know it doesn't. But the Bible says in the 12th verse, it did happen. Come on. It happened. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inner man is renewed day by day. This is why you need Jesus in your life, because when you get the power of Jesus in your life, then you don't look for the external to come in. You go from the inside out. Power doesn't come from the outside in, but power is released from the inside out. And when we can get that in our hearts and we can get that in our minds, listen, I'm still a work in progress. God's still working on me. He's still working on me to say, Chris, you have the power inside of you. You have that power, that dunamis power that I'm talking about. Even though you're wasting away in the flesh, don't cling to the flesh. I'm not clinging to what is fleshly. I'm clinging to what is spiritual. Because that is the power that works inside of me. Though my outward man is perishing, yet the inner man is being renewed every day, day by day. How many, believe, how many this morning you've been walking this walk long enough that sometimes it's moment by moment that you have to refresh in your spirit? Day by day just doesn't work for me. There's sometimes I encounter things and I see things that I have to say, no, that's not who I am. I have to remind the enemy. Stephanie, we have to remind him who we are. We have to say, that's not what I am. I will not participate. I will not associate with those things in my life because my outward man says that I can, but my inner man says, no, you have nothing to do with that because it's what's inside of me because I'm internally driven. I'm not externally driven. And sometimes I find myself externally driven by people when I need to be internally driven by the one that saved me, the one that brought me with his blood and the one that says that I am a son and the one that says that I am his child and the one that says I am good enough and the one that says you're not disqualified, that you are qualified and the one that says I put my word in your heart and my word will not return void. You're ready for Pastor Chad to come back. <sighs> Persistence creates an opportunity for power to be released in our life. Look at it in the Amplified Version. It says, therefore, we do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed, or afraid. But in the 17th verse, it says, for our momentary 
Light distress. Paul, he describes it, the affliction that you're going through right now, he describes it as light. Wow. <laughs> Come on, Paul. What were you thinking in here? I wish I could hug him right now. I'll say, Paul, yeah, you know, I don't feel like a light affliction to me. But he says, for a moment, this light distress, this passing trouble, look what it says in there. It's passing trouble. It's not trouble that's going to stay, Mona. It's not trouble that's going to remain. It's trouble that's going to pass. This trouble that you're going through is going to pass. This trouble that you're facing today is going to pass. And you're going to be standing in the place where that trouble was. And that's for all of us today. It's so good to stand where you never thought that you'd ever stand. Isn't it? It's so good to look at a situation and say, I never thought that I would ever stand there. I never thought that I would ever be in that place. But when God moves the trouble, when the light affliction, Kevin, begins to go out, then you're standing right in the midst of where you never thought you would ever stand. You never ever thought that you would ever stand in that situation. You never ever thought that you would be able to stand there in a place of freedom, Becky, or a, a place of victory in your life. But you looked at, you always looked at that situation. You always looked at that place and said, Michael, that you'll never ever stand there. And God says, I'm opening up a new season. Just because it was close for one season, just because you were going through a light affliction in that season, doesn't mean it's gonna be forever because it's passing trouble. Get out of here. It's passing trouble. And he says, the slight distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. That thing, again, that place, guess what? The whole time that that thing is passing and the whole time that you're not standing in that place, guess what's happened? More and more abundantly, things are being prepared and produced to the great measure of glory. to his fullness, to his fullness. And then we go on in Ephesians 3.20. I'm just going to point this out. Just catch the screen for a minute. 3.20, it says, now to him who is able. How many know that God is able? Yeah. yeah, so we're on the same page. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably. In other words, off the charts. How many believe this morning that he's an off the charts God? How many believe this morning that his provision is off the charts this morning, amen? I don't have to accept just a little bit in my life. I don't have to accept just a little bit coming to me. I can always expect immeasurably more than I ask or what I imagine, what I think from the power, his power. If you try to do your power, you'll never ever receive the immeasurably. But it's whenever you connect with the power of God in your life. When you connect with his power, you will see the immeasurably more than we can ask or ever imagine working in your life. You got to declare that over your life. You got to say yes to that. You got to say yes to that. So I want to get through this real quick. And the last one is, is persistence creates an opportunity for purpose. Persistence creates an opportunity for purpose. In Psalms 27, we're going to pull up on the screen here. Psalms 27, it said, I would have lost heart. I would have been spiritless. There's that word again. I would have been wearied out. I would have been spiritless. I would have been wearied out. And I would have been exhausted had I not believed. Believed in what? How many in here believe? 
It's, sometimes it's pretty easy to say, well, I believe in the Lord. I believe in his trust. I believe, I believe all these things. But guess what? Paul or David looked at something different. David wasn't looking in just in a belief. But David was looking to see the goodness. When you look into the goodness of God, when you look not just for results in your life, come on. When you look not just to have results that are going to pass away, when you look to see the goodness of the God, of God, you will see the goodness of God that will last for a lifetime and not just for a moment. Sometimes our results are only for a moment. Sometimes it just gives us relief so we can go through the next thing in our life. But God is saying this morning that, Pastor, that if you will seek my goodness, you will not lose heart. Come on. You will not lose heart. You will not be spiritless. You will not be weary. And you will not be exhausted. And then he goes on. He says that the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Next verse. Wait on the Lord. I believe that part of waiting on the Lord is being of good cheer or good courage. That's what it says there. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Because I believe that persistence is what takes us to the place. When we can focus on getting good, having good courage, when we're waiting on God for something, he will strengthen our heart. That's what his word says. And I declare that word this morning, that his word says that he shall. It didn't say that he might. It didn't say that he was thinking about it. It says that he shall. Teddy, he said that he shall strengthen your heart and my heart if I'm of good courage when I'm waiting on God. Because sometimes my expectation is not lining up with God's will, but man, whenever, the, whenever his kingdom collides with my will, man, the powerful things begin to happen. Do, do marriages begin to be mended back together? Do dreams begin to be more enlightened in your heart and your spirit and you begin to go after those dreams and those callings that God is calling you for? I'm saying this morning that God spoke to me and said, there's gonna be some people that have left their dreams to the wayside and God is saying today to pick up your dreams. Pick up those dreams where you left them because God didn't leave them. You're the one that left them and he says, pick them up and take my persistence from your inner man and we will see what I can do. One more, and I'm gonna close on this one right here. I know we gotta get out of here. Persistence creates an opportunity for provision. Persistence creates an opportunity for provision, Julie. We all want provision in our life. If you're here and don't want provision, just send it my way. Say, bless him, brother. I'll take all your provision. But you know, the one thing about God is sometimes the things that I need is not the things that you need. And the things that you need are not the things that I need. So we all win. It's God's provision that brings it. It's God's provision that brings it to your life. It's the same God that brought provision to you is the same God that brings provision to me. Persistence creates an opportunity. Look at, uh, real quick, Romans 6 and 9. Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Some of you feel like you're doing good. You feel like you've been doing good, but you just feel weary. And he says, let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season. I believe this morning that there's a due season coming, that there is a season coming, man. There's a season coming, not only for us as individuals, there's a season coming, businessman. 
There's a season coming, you teacher out there. There's a season coming for you. That harvest is coming to your school. That harvest is coming to your business today. That harvest is coming. I believe, I see it. I see it that we're opening up more spaces for more people and God's provision is about ready to unfold and we're about ready to see the glory of God in this place at Crossroads in a little town that's only like 900 people and a thousand in a church is going to escalate more than that because God's goodness is going to bring provision and harvest like we've never seen. But we got to keep persisting. We got to keep persisting, man. While doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not, there is again, if we don't lose heart. It's all about losing heart, man. And Hannah poured out her soul. The Bible would go on and say that she conceived that provision finally came to her life. It was a lifetime waiting, however long she waited. I don't know, it doesn't say. But year after year, she dealt with all these emotions and then bam, God showed up and God allowed her to conceive and she conceived a son named Samuel. Had there been no Samuel, there wouldn't have been no David. There wouldn't have been no Saul. I mean, you see the line, bam, 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 because God's getting ready to open up something in your life the same. I look like one of those preachers up here saying he's gonna do something, but I believe it with my heart. I believe that if you seek the goodness and not the results, with his persistence, you'll see the provision of God in your life. Thank you, Father.